The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. You know, I, w- I went to college and I majored in English and I knew I'd always wanted to be a writer, but it was one of those things that I found myself, A, not having anything to say, but B, like things you really want to do. Maybe you have a tendency or at least I had a tendency to like run from it because up until then, my mom had always said like the only people who make money writing anything are people who write ransom notes. And so it was never like a real, like they were supportive, but it was like, if I had told them I wanted to be an astronaut, they're like, okay, well, you're going to need a real job. Greetings, scribes. You are tuned in to the Writer Files, and I am still your humble host, Kelton Reed, praying that you're all doing as well as can be during this very challenging time for everyone. This week, I had the pleasure of speaking with the military thriller author Joshua Hood, who stopped by the podcast to talk about being given the keys to the Bentley of Robert Ludlum's storied writing legacy, the military toughness that's written into his own stories, and how imposter syndrome doesn't faze him. Josh was an English major at the University of Memphis before joining the military, where he spent five years in the 82nd Airborne Division. He conducted combat operations in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom as a team leader in the Parachute Infantry Regiment and also served as a squad leader in Afghanistan where he was decorated for valor. Hood is also a decorated, life-saving sniper SWAT team leader who's conducted countless stateside operations with the FBI, ATF, DEA, Secret Service, and U.S. Marshals. His background and expertise lend to the popularity of his own search-and-destroy military thriller series and also made him a shoe-in to reboot the brilliant legacy of the late Robert Ludlum, a literary legend whose books have sold in the hundreds of millions. Josh kicked off a new series inspired by Ludlum's Born Universe with The Treadstone Resurrection, a book that number one New York Times bestselling author Mark Graney called an intense and electrifying espionage adventure and a worthy addition to the Ludlum bookshelf. And a quick note, this interview was recorded near the end of February. 
In this file, Josh and I discussed how The Hobbit lured him into a lifelong love of books and writing. Why writers are more than just people who jot down notes. How he was handed the keys to the opportunity of a lifetime. His meticulous research and writing process. How bad writing luck can build resolve and character. And what it means to him to honor the legend of Robert Ludlum. Stay safe out there. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. And leave us a rating or a review over on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Also, The Writer Files is now available on Alexa because Apple Podcasts are available on Alexa-enabled Amazon devices in the United States. Now all you have to do is say, Alexa, play the writer files on Apple Podcasts, and she'll probably grant your wish. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to the writer files. Thank you for joining us today. And we have a an honored guest today who's dropping in to... Uh, talk about all things writing and um, a pretty fascinating story. I have author Joshua Hood on the line. Thanks for uh, hopping on here today, Josh. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited. <laughs> As I asked you previously, if you go by Josh or Joshua, you had a pretty funny answer. You want to want to relive that one for the, for the listening audience? Yeah. Um, you know, it's Josh or, you know, if it's my wife, it's Hey You or other words we can't say on the on the air, but uh, <laughs> you know uh, it's Joshua looks better on a book, but uh, I don't think I've gone by that since you know that's growing up when your mother like I'm from the south, so when the mother breaks out like the whole name like Joshua Michael, you you know like you're it's over you're you're in trouble. <laughs> um, well, that's a pretty good. Uh start to what I believe is going to be a fascinating kind of exploration of uh, how you got here. And, you know, for listeners who might not be familiar, I mean, I've opened with your background, but let's talk about how you came to a writing in the first place, you know, um, with this really, really fascinating background and your experiences um, and history with the military how you became, yeah, the author of this new Robert Ludlum uh, series? Well, um, that is one of those questions that, you know, it's just like why it just goes back and forth here. How did I end up here? Uh, I guess the shortest answer would be I grew up, uh, my father is an artist, and um, I grew up, my earliest memories was of him reading The Hobbit by J.R. Tolkien to me every night, and I was a pretty hyper kid uh, later on, kind of diagnosed with ADD, but it was something about those words, hearing them, you know, and having this kind of like unfettered mind of a, of a child where, you know, I never heard anything like that. I'd been, before that, it's like whatever Humpty Dumpty and C-Spot Run, and all of a sudden you're immersed in this world of like goblins and elves and other places. Right. It just grabbed me, and it kind of just like started this love affair of books and reading. And fast forward, I was about eight years old, and uh, 
I was watching, I think it was, it was Thunderball, a James Bond movie mm. and it was over. I think it was about eight or 10 or something. And I remember back then, you know, you, if you wanted to rent like a movie, you legit had to go to the movie store and like get a VHS <laughs> and everything. And so like that wasn't happening because it was later in the evening and, you know, it'd come on TV and whatever. And so, but I didn't want it to end. So I was staying with my grandmother at the time, a summer vacation in California and she had this word processor and I was, I don't know. I was just like, I want that to continue that feeling that I had. And so I just sat down and that was my first attempt at writing a book. <laughs> it felt Amazing. like a book. It was probably like two pages, but uh, it was one of those old ones where you like type out and it has this tiny little screen and then you hit print and it'll like type it out. It'll print it out on the paper. And uh, so I just tried to emulate, I guess what I had seen. And it was, I was hooked. Yeah. I was like, this is what I want to do forever. Amazing. Yeah. I have early memories of the Hobbit myself and my father um reading that to me before bed and and just being you know i i mean it's such a different language right um tolkien was such an interesting person but the book itself is is singular and unique and very weird <laughs> with all those yeah. strange details and it's kind of uh, worlds apart from the writing you're doing now <laughs> well it was weird because um i don't know like I turned 40 in December, so I might be older than you. But uh, when I was, you know, like you have like these memories of like what you were doing as a child. And for the longest time, like I thought they were kind of dreams. And then I realized as I grew up, like those are memories. Those things happen. But I remember, I don't know where I was, but there was this like cartoon of The Hobbit. And I've since seen it, uh, you know, in my present state where I can remember and process and i'm like that's some heavy <laughs> to be like reading to a little three-year-old yeah. but um uh, and especially like i said the transition from you know you're reading about clifford the big red dog and everything and all of a sudden like this dude's got a ring and he's invisible and you know like he's fighting there's wizards and stuff it just man it like hit me it was just crazy, and I didn't know things like that existed. I was like, wow, you can only find that in a book? Okay, well, I'm reading books. Yeah, yeah. So um, since then, you've gone on to write your own military thrillers, right? Right. And how then how from there did you come to, yeah, fall into this, I guess, the responsibility of this amazing legacy? And we're talking, of course, about the, I mean, million New York Times bestselling author, Robert Ludlum. Well, um, you know, I, w I went to college and I majored in English and I knew I'd always wanted to be a writer, but it was one of those things that I found myself, A, not having anything to say, but B, like things you really want to do. Maybe you have a tendency, or at least I had a tendency to like run from it. Because up until then, my mom had always said, like the only people who make money writing anything are people who write ransom notes. And so it was never like a real, like they were supportive, but it was like, if I had told them I wanted to be an astronaut, they're like, okay, well, you're going to need a real job. And so I joined right. the military and uh, interesting story is while I was there, my first squad leader was named Joseph Hallsworth. We call him Jody. And um, 
you know, I'd come out of college, but I enlisted. So like people thought that was hilarious. Like, why aren't you an officer? Oh, you want to be a writer? What do you think you're Bill Shakespeare? That type thing. <laughs> and, um, literally I got out of the army. Jody got out a little bit before me and I hadn't really thought about writing anymore. You know, I was like, I still like dabbled, but it was like, yeah, whatever. And one day I get this call and it's from Jody who had always kind of like made fun of this idea. And he's like, Hey man, I just graduated with an MFA in creative writing. And I'm like, what the, and <laughs> I just published my first book and I was like, I thought he was lying. So I get on the computer right there, Google it. He's written a book. And I was like, if this dude can do this and steal my dream, I can do it. So literally I went upstairs, got my computer that I had taken with me to Iraq and Afghanistan, like blew all the dust off and started writing. And I kind of learned the craft as I went. And about two years ago, I went to BoucherCon, which is like this writing, uh, mystery writer type, you know what you call it. Like writers go there, fans go there. We get to meet everybody. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. it's awesome. So I, my good friend who lives not far from me, Mark Graney, who writes The Gray Man, he introduced me to his editor, Tom Colgan at Penguin. And he had actually read my books. And, you know, we had a great conversation. I didn't think anything of it. And then about a week later or two weeks, I get a call from Tom through my agent asking if I would be interested in, like, trying out for a Robert Ludlum book, you know. <laughs> and I'm getting this, like, some colossal joke or he thinks I'm somebody else even though we just met. But it was real. And – he explained kind of what was going on. So I wrote about three chapters, a synopsis and an outline, submitted it. He made it clear that this was kind of a, um, a tryout. And somehow, you know, I, through hard work and, you know, just, I guess, the right time, right place. Like they selected me to take over this, well, to start this series, I guess. And um, yeah. from the beginning, it's felt like Robert Ludlum's family is just like, lent me his Bentley and they're like, Hey, go drive this around. And you know, <laughs> it's kind of like, Oh God, like you don't want to be the dude who scratches it. And so you also, you're like, oh, I got to take this back. Let me fill up the tires. Let me get our wax, clean the windows, put some gas in it. And that's kind of been the thought process the entire time is like, man, don't do anything to tarnish this rich legacy. But you know, you have obviously someone thinks you have the ability to be here and you might feel like you're punching, you know, out of your weight class, but, you know, go for it. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it's a really cool story. It's very inspiring. And um, yeah, this first spinoff series um, that launches now with with your book, The Treadstone Resurrection, it's it's very cool to see and, and I'm enjoying it very much. But it's the first novel in in this series inspired by uh, the Bourne universe, right? And, and and listeners are certainly familiar with with um, that Jason Bourne character from that crazy kid film now as well. <laughs> best <laughs> best portrayed by um, the actor who was also in Goodwill Hunting, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to say his name. Um, <laughs> I don't want to. What do you think he's gonna? Is it like the candy man? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to invoke Matt Damon. Oh no, I said it. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so this this first uh, uh, the Treston Re Resurrection introduces an unforgettable hero and the shadowy world that forged him. So um, yeah, so talk about how your kind of your history and your past and, and kind of informs the work now because obviously this is a far cry from 
that that first book, uh, that first two page book you wrote. Um, but obviously, you know, builds on some of the the writing that you've done in the past. Um, so talk a little bit about, yeah, now that you're driving the Bentley, uh, yeah, how your experience as a military veteran translated into telling this story. Well, uh, for me as a veteran, um, in every book I've ever written, I try to kind of discuss, like, what is the cost of, um, you know, of that life? And so, uh, I'm a, like I said, a voracious reader. I read everything I can, uh, but specifically in this thriller genre. And so, you know, growing up, it's cool when you see like, hey, this dude got hit in the head with a two by four and it didn't hurt him. He beat everybody up. But when you get older, <laughs> like I said, I'm 40. It's like, uh, you know, I spent five years jumping out of airplanes. So like getting out of bed in the morning, I feel like Joe Namath, you know, I'm like, oh, everything's creaking and stuff. So I know physically what the toll is. And then emotionally and then you know psychologically suffering from ptsd uh i know what that toll is and so for me i wanted to bring a character to life who could hold his own but you know kind of you know i've kind of i've been there i've done that um i got a couple of t-shirts and i thought it'd be a disservice to just write this character who's just like bulldozing through everything and the biggest thing was like the movies let's say we i i made the conscious decision to base the book was written in the 1980s and so the movies were the more modern you know storytelling and i thought that most people would imprint and think of jason Bourne most like that but the central character what makes it so fascinating is like you have basically a bad human being who gets shot in the head doesn't remember he's a bad human being and so we have a redemption type thing, but you're learning like, hey, where did I get these cool superpowers with him? With Adam Hayes, um, he um, his problem is he can't forget, right? And so mm. um, that is one of the things I keyed on at the beginning. And then how do you make how do you make something different? Because Robert Ludlum pushed the boundaries when he came up with this born character. How do you do that? while making him likable because that was literally the 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 hardest hurdle for me to get over thinking of a character that i had to hang out with like eight hours a day till i finished this book was <laughs> like i gotta like this dude because if i don't like him the reader's not gonna like him and so once i kind of figured out like how i wanted to tell the story i had the archetype and then i got into his head um that's kind of like you know i just said let's see how fast the bentley will go yeah that's cool uh, i love how you describe that and it, it's a pretty fascinating uh journey that, you, that you've taken to get here um but yeah let's talk about kind of the, the actual writing of the book um aside from getting into the the archetypal process of, of really um in a sense becoming the character uh talk about kind of your research and of course um Certainly, some of your experiences have played a part, but it seems like, uh, you know, what what extensive amount of research has gone into um, understanding this world? Certainly, some of it has to come from, you know, some of some of it is going to be direct from your your uh, military background and experiences, but some of it has to come from obviously some other sources. And talk a little bit about 
where you came came across these uh, sources? Well, I started, um, I watched the movies and then I went back and read the books and then I uh, started reading and searching for every interview that he had ever given. And that's kind of where my background as a cop came in. I just treated it as like an investigation. Like who is Robert Ludlum and how did he get to, you know, how did he create Born? Where was that coming from? And so I learned that basically you know, he was right in the 80s in the middle of the Cold War. Um, it was kind of, you know, he had a, Bourne had this extremely awesome skill set, but uh, technologically, you know, they weren't really in the digital age. So, like, he's hacking into, like, you know, old phones, like, you know, spinning the dial and, you know, doing lock picks and things. Thought that was mm. cool. But, you know, so I kind of, like, made up a list of, like, okay, what are the things that he does really well besides, obviously, the craft, which we can talk about that. That's a whole different story. But, you know, it was like, hey, this guy is lethal. He is, you know, dynamic. He has this skill set. He's using what at the time was the tip of the, you know, field craft spear, but he's working in an environment which is the Cold War that is inhospitable. So I just made kind of like the direct correlations between that and the war on terror. And then what I had seen in Iraq and Afghanistan, working with a lot of the special operations, special forces units, and then reaching out to some contacts that I knew that worked in the gray zone. And then what was open source, I kind of put together this almost like a collage and then kind of filled in the cracks with what I thought was like logical creativity. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty fascinating. And, um, you did set a part of the book in Venezuela. Talk a little bit about why, and, um, also maybe, um, yeah. Did, did you get to get down there and do, do like <laughs> no, on the ground research? <laughs> go down there. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty, uh, you know, she was not interested in me going down there when I told her like, yeah, the, Threat matrix is pretty high. They're not too high on Americans or anybody right now. But with Venezuela, you know, I didn't want to set a book in the Middle East because there's a lot of stuff going on there in the genre. Uh, I wanted to steer clear of Europe because Beth were born, kind of hung out. And, you know, I didn't really I wasn't really interested in Russia or China or anything. I wanted a, a landscape or a place that would allow me to do the things that Bourne had done where he's you know, now with cell phones, GPS, et cetera, you, your character gets in trouble and he's like, and then he pulled out a cell phone and called for help and they sent a drone with this and that. Uh, they didn't have that in Bourne's time. And the only way I could kind of reflect that was to put him in a place where, you know, he was on his own. It was a non-hospitable environment and they were perhaps on the precipice of like what is anarchy. Mm. And also wanted a place that reflected the theme of, you know, he's trying to find his identity, his way, what he's going to do going forward. And I felt Venezuela mirrored that very well because, you know, through their current problems, they're trying to find their identity. And so I thought it worked as like this perfect foil. And it was just like a very, you know, it's kind of like those old maps where you look at, Mm. it's like Africa, you know, no one had gone there. And it's just this, big blank space of yellow and they're like that's africa and you're like well what what's there and i felt the <laughs> same way about venezuela interesting yeah yeah um well so 
I mean, I'm sure that you, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but you know, when we talk about imposter syndrome with almost every author that, that we, um, interview for the writer files and, and, you know, from number one New York Times bestselling authors to debut, debut novelists, um, I'm sure that it's something that, you know, crossed your mind and is there a part of you that, yeah, talk a little bit about this idea of, um, writing in, in the legacy of, of Ludlum and, you know, he's such an enduring, enduring force in fiction. Was there ever a part of you that was like freezing up a little bit as you're writing it? Like, Oh, am I, am I accomplishing this mission? Um, well, he does a, I don't know if it's a common trait or if it's just me, but like, you know, even if it hadn't been a Ludlum book, like anytime I sit down to write a new book or a chapter or a scene, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on mentally. It's like, hey, is this good enough? Am I like, is someone going to figure out that, like, maybe I don't belong here? Or is this going to be a failure, et cetera? And yeah. that, that I've ever gotten was from an author named John Gilstrap. And he told me to put it in a southern way, which I understood it. He didn't say these words, but I. I took from it, you got to dance with the one who brought you. And that's a common phrase that my my grandmother used to say to me all the time. You got to dance with the one who brought you. And he told me basically like, hey, you were good enough to get published. That means like it's not a fluke. At one time, you know, you had the skills to get to this level. And so like you got to shoot your own game. You got to do what you do. And so every author kind of deals with that. And then you get. Hey, by the way, you're going to write under Robert, Robert Ludlum. And it's like, <laughs> holy crap. You know, you're kind of like, pours gas on any insecurities that you have. Yeah. But, you know, you have to, I had to personally keep that fear constantly at bay and literally get back to the basics of, of writing, which is you lose yourself in the flow. And mm-hmm. I firmly believe, you know, we talk about, authors talk about, um, writer's block and they give this you know a million different names to the same type thing but that is you know i was kind of blocked up at the beginning i'm not gonna lie you know it's like all of a sudden you know you get called up from the minor league or leagues and you're pitching like game one of the world series it's like whoa this is heady (laughs) and um you know i consider myself like a mentally tough human being from the military and everything but this was like a new kind of, I guess, maybe pressure or whatever. And, you know, I, the way I succeeded at it was making sure that I you know, danced with the one who brought me. But I looked at it as a challenge and realized that, hey, you know, literally in my career, I've had almost every bad thing that could happen to a writer happen to a writer <laughs> and like including all this one. So it's like I really can't screw anything else up that bad. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I worked really, really hard at it. And the primary thing was just like not feeding that voice that says like, Hey, you can't do this. You're yeah. whatever. And just being like, like the day, like, you know, Jody, when he decided to get MFA and write a book. And when I got my computer down after hearing that story, 99% of the success in the writing game is getting off the couch and actually writing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good place to, to wrap up. 
I will mention that the book, uh, one more time, Robert Ludlum's The Treadstone Resurrection. We'll link to that, of course, and to Josh's author page. The first novel in an explosive new series inspired by the Bourne universe, uh, The Treadstone Resurrection, introduces an unforgettable hero in the shadowy world that forged him. I love this blurb by number one New York Times bestselling author, uh, Mark Graney. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. An intense and electrifying espionage adventure, a worthy addition to the Ludlum bookshelf. And uh, congrats, man. Kudos on the work and your career. And uh, wish you all the best of luck. Please come back and wrap with us again sometime. Anytime. I love talking about books, even if I, if I didn't write them. <laughs> well, uh, you are worthy of the of the mission and, and of taking on the legacy and um, man, uh, have fun out there on your, on your tour. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode of the writer files. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show, leave us a rating or a review to help other writers find us. You can always leave us a comment or a question and visit the entire archives at writerfiles.fm. And you can always chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week.